Impact of Pandemic on School Children The Topic of Capitol Hill Event Reporter Jessica Hofer-Wilkinson shares details of the discussion that took place at the Crisis to Opportunity event September 27 in Washington, D.C. By Jessica Hofer-Wilkinson for Clark County Today While the 2023-24 academic school year is well underway for America's schoolchildren, the devastating effects of government-imposed lockdowns, school closures, and other public health policies in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic are still permeating classrooms, homes, and hospitals nationwide. That was the topic of discussion Wednesday, September 27, when Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, Dr. Scott Atlas of Stanford's Hoover Institution, and education expert Dr. James Tooley convened on Capitol Hill to address the grave harms committed against America's children over the last three years and what sort of corrective actions could lead our nation's children forward. Senator Rand Paul kicked off the Crisis to Opportunity event, calling attention to the deep-seated corruption of the government officials who steered the nation's response to COVID-19, like Dr. Anthony Fauci. The same government official who covered up the lab leak theory of COVID's origin lied during sworn testimony to Congress about gain-of-function research sponsored by the U.S. government, Paul said. Fauci is one of the same government officials who promoted school closures and lockdowns for healthy children. Fauci, who resigned after 54 years at the National Institute of Health, NIH, in December 2022, was the face of the federal government's response to COVID-19 for both the Trump and Biden administrations. He wielded immense influence over the country's public health policies, including recommendations for masking, social distancing, and stay-at-home orders for healthy schoolchildren, despite recent deflections on the matter. Fauci's impact on such measures eventually led Senator Paul to propose an amendment to eliminate Fauci's position before his resignation, calling him a dictator-in-chief. Paul, a longtime opponent of extreme COVID measures like lockdowns, mask mandates, and the military's COVID vaccine mandate, reminded Wednesday's audience, these bureaucrats have yet to be held accountable for their actions against the American public, and likely the world. His frustration is shared by many, including Dr. Scott Atlas. Atlas is the Robert Wesson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University, Senior Advisor at the Independent Institute, and author of A Plague Upon Our House, a book that details his effort to promote sensible, data-driven policies within the White House's COVID task force. Atlas was an early advocate for a more measured approach to public health policy rather than sweeping mandates, which caused him to receive enormous media and political backlash in early 2020 when he said of the country's pandemic response, children are literally being destroyed. Need for Government Accountability and Reform Three years later, loads of data support Paul and Atlas's early and steady positions. But, personal vindication is not what they seek. They want government accountability, reform, and assurance that future public health threats or other emergencies will not be used to justify harm to future generations of Americans. To his audience on Capitol Hill, Atlas echoed the CDC's report of an explosion of anxiety and depressive disorders in teenagers and college-age students over the last three years. He said one of every four college students thought about killing themselves due to lockdown-imposed isolation. Relying on hospital emergency department data, the CDC knew as early as May 2020 that suicide attempts among adolescents aged 12 to 17 spiked following school closures, 31% higher than in 2019. The following year, they found a 50% increase in emergency department visits for suspected suicide attempts among girls ages 12 to 17. Unnecessary School Closures and Lockdowns To those who say school closures and lockdowns were necessary in the face of an unknown threat, Atlas emphasized, we knew in the spring of 2020 that the risk of this disease to children was minuscule. We also knew children were not a significant source of spread. At the time, 
the best available data demonstrated that those aged 0 to 19 had a survival rate of 99.9997% when the virus was in its most lethal form. And yet, the United States remained an outlier in how long it kept public schools shuttered, likely influenced by the NEA and AFT teachers' unions, whose emails obtained by a Freedom of Information Act FOIA, requests demonstrated significant influence over the CDC's guidelines for school reopenings. According to UNESCO, the U.S. kept its schools closed for 62 weeks, compared to 27 weeks in its sister nation, the U.K. Some countries, like Sweden, never closed primary schools at the national level. When schools finally did reopen across the U.S., the National Center for Education Statistics within the Department of Education said government schools reported a 70% increase in students seeking mental health services since the start of the pandemic. Substance use disorders skyrocketed for teenagers, and unwanted weight gain plagued more than half of college students. The sudden increase in all-cause pediatric mortality is the most shocking of all statistics, however. In March 2023, the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, Network, which included an author from the University of Washington, Seattle Children's Research Institute, published an article identifying this alarming trend. The country's previously declining pediatric mortality rate suddenly reversed with the COVID-19 pandemic, but COVID-19 contributed little to the surge. In their words, a nation that begins losing its most cherished population, its children, faces a crisis like no other. America really failed, Atlas said when referring to how healthy students were force-tested, quarantined when asymptomatic, and mandated injections of experimental drugs with no clear benefit to them. It'll take decades to understand the damage that was done to children, Atlas remarked. None of these statistics touch on the highly covered loss of learning experienced by America's schoolchildren since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, substantiated by the nation's latest report card from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, NAEP. With steep declines in math and reading scores at the 8th grade level, public school students in the state of Washington performed similarly to public school student averages across the country in 2022. They lost about a decade of improvement in one year. And children from low-income families suffered the worst. The Impact of the Learning Poverty In 2022, the World Bank estimated the learning poverty caused by COVID-19 school closures could result in a loss of $21 trillion in potential lifetime earnings for this generation of students. According to education expert Dr. James Tooley, the impact of the government's COVID-19 edicts on children, devastating and pervasive as they were, may have an unintended sliver of a silver lining educational freedom. Tooley is the vice-chancellor, president, of the University of Buckingham in England, where he also serves as professor of educational entrepreneurship and policy. He was formerly the global head of low-cost schools for GEMS Education, and his work was highlighted in the PBS documentary Meet the New Heroes, as well as a documentary for BBC World and BBC Newsnight. He is best known for his groundbreaking research on private education for people experiencing poverty in India, China, and Africa. Thule's study of the world's poorest families and how they educate their children eventually took him to 22 countries across four continents, earning him the title A 21st Century Indiana Jones from Philanthropy Magazine. His latest book, Really Good Schools, details how educational independence from government-sponsored schools leads millions of the world's poorest families to new opportunities for social and economic advancement. It shows that student success need not be held hostage to bureaucratic inertia, vested interests, and chronic underperformance. The poorest of the poor do not acquiesce to the government schools, Thule told his DC audience, referencing his research of private schools in impoverished parts of India, Ghana, and Nigeria. They do not acquiesce to mediocrity. 
In his book, Thule spells out how entrepreneurs can create low-cost private schools throughout North America, the UK, and the rest of the developed world in a way that follows the lessons learned by the world's poor. Calling for micro-schools, hybrid schools, more private schools, and more homeschooling, Thule sees private entrepreneurship as a means to eliminate the catastrophic impact of school closures, low performance, and achievement gaps in government schools. American parents, he pointed out, are already doing this. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, NCES, public school enrollment fell by 3% following the COVID-19 pandemic, wiping out a decade of enrollment growth. The Edweek Research Center surveyed principals and superintendents of public schools across the country who said homeschooling was driving enrollment declines more than any other single reason since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Families opt to homeschool children. In the fall of 2020, the U.S. Census Bureau reported that the number of families choosing to homeschool had doubled, reaching 11.1% of households. In households where respondents identified as Black or African American, the proportion of homeschooling multiplied five times. Of the enrollment changes, Thule said, parents saw the curriculum schools were using with their children via remote learning during school closures, and they were disturbed. They saw how little time and attention was granted their children, and they decided they could find a better alternative. Now, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA, estimates 7 to 8 million children in the U.S. are homeschooled. The National Home Education Research Institute finds that homeschooled children typically score between 15 and 25 percentile points above their public school peers on achievement tests, regardless of their parents' level of education or household income. Black homeschooled students scored between 23 and 42 percentile points above black public school students, according to a 2015 study. Researchers from Brown University wrote in the fall of 2020 that politics, far more than science, shaped